Good morning. I felt this morning that I was, I wanted to be a funnel in terms of trying to bring together what God has been saying to us. So this week, our theme for our prayer and consecration, time of fasting, Tuesday to, to Thursday, is abide and align. And I want to unpack that because that's what God's speaking to us about. This is the area we're going to be praying into. And the subtitle I put there is a long obedience in the same direction. How many remember that word? Musa, at our night of Thanksgiving 2019, end of 2019, she came, she was our guest speaker at our night of thanks, and she spoke about a long obedience in the same direction. She's quoting Eugene Peterson, the guy who translated the Message Bible. He wrote a book on this one subject, a long obedience in the same direction. And I want to submit to you, as I was, and, and the, literally the, the, the phrase came to me after I'd prepared. It was last night as I was sort of nodding off to sleep. I was like, how do I summarize what I feel this theme of abide and align is? It is a long obedience in the same direction. And we're going to unpack it and you're going to see how it, how it kind of comes together. Now, these two words, firstly abide and then align. Abide was our theme, beginning of the year, remember, for our prayer and fasting, beginning of the year. But this theme is carrying throughout this whole year. But this word align, I actually believe these words go so beautifully together. Because align means stay in line, okay? That's simply what it means, stay in line. We'll look at it more, I'm going to unpack align more. It means get in line. But abide means remain. So these words together, it's like get in track with God's plans for your life, God's will for your life. Get in line and remain on that track that God has for you, okay? A long obedience in the same direction, okay? So abide, I'm just going to give you a summary. So two weeks ago, prayer, we prayed into this again. I just felt so strongly. Abide, the power and beauty of God's word. That's the theme, remember, that we looked at beginning of the year. And John 8, 31 to 32, this is the verse that says, <laughs> the truth will set you free. I mean, I can't believe how many people know that. The truth will set you free. People who are in amazing bondage will tell you, Pastor, the truth will set you free. Okay, is it working for you? It's not working for me, but I know the truth will set me free. Have you seen the context in which Jesus spoke these words? The truth will set you free. That's the end of verse 32. But he starts off, so Jesus said, If you abide in my word... You are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So most people say, Apostle, the truth will set you free. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm actually not fine, but I still know how, how I'll get fine. But just look at the context in which this was. Yes, the truth will set you free. But Jesus actually first said, if you abide in my word. Abide simply means remain or stay. Okay, you could say that you abide, your, your address. I mean, here we had 154 Burkhard Road. You could say, my address is 154 Burkhard Road. You could say, I abide at 154 Burkhard Road. That means you stay there. We can find you. We're looking for you. That's where we're going to find you. Do we find you in the Word of God? Or a particular word that God has given you that is a key to your freedom? Are you remaining in that word? Because Jesus said about that, said that is what true disciples look like. You say you're a disciple of Jesus, are you abiding in his word? 
That's what true disciples look like. And then he said, and then you will know the truth. You know, folks, sometimes you can get a truth about something. You get it. Maybe you speak to somebody and they just give you a truth. And it's like, wow, that's true. That's amazing. But you go away and you keep on thinking what the devil told you. I mean, maybe it's a truth about who you are in Christ. It's about your identity. They speak it. It resonates you. It is like, yes, that is who God made me to be. That is who I am. But then you go and whatever, you know, you get some exam results back on varsity and, and whatever. It wasn't the exam result you got. You know, it was maybe below 40% or, you know, maybe for some people below 30% is a pass mark. But anyway, let's not go there, okay? And suddenly that is now defining you, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I'm never going to make it, you know. But yet you've just heard the truth. Somebody spoke the truth to you. They said, you know, I see in you, you've you, you got a David heart. You've got a heart after God. You're a God chaser. You get that from somebody. It's a prophetic word. And it's like, yes, that's who I am. I'm a God chaser. I'm going to go after God. Then you get the result. Oh my, I'm a loser. I'm never going to make it. God hates me. How could he let me fail? Okay, we get into that. But, but how about abiding in the word? Okay, God spoke to me that I have the heart of David. I'm a worshiper. I, I, how about defining that and say, I'm going to worship God. When I get good exam results and when I get bad exam results. I'm a worship. I'm 24-7. A long obedience in the same direction. I worship God when I fail exams, when I pass exams, because I'm a worship. I have a heart after God. I'm a God chaser. That's who God says I am. Amen. God doesn't change. The exam results are not going to change it. That is who I am. Amen. Abiding in the word. Amen. That word that you're a God chaser, a heart after God. You're going to pursue God for the rest of your life. Nothing will satisfy you but God. Folks, that word will define you and you need to abide in the word. And Jesus said, if you abide, if you remain in your word, you will know the truth. Folks, there's so much truth in a, in a, in a word that will set you free. There are dimensions to truth. There's dimensions in different applications. You can't get one word from somebody, for example, defining your identity and think you have everything that God has to say in the moment they give it. You're going to have a lifetime of unpacking what does it mean to be a God chaser. Amen? In, what, in so many different situations. I'm a God chaser. What does that look like? Amen? And so this is so important to abide in the word. We often, as counselors, as pastors, it's like you, you're in the situation, you speak to them, they hear from God, they get a word from God. You know, five weeks later, they say, ah, no, you know, that counseling session didn't work. I, I'm like, no, 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 no. I have one question for you. Are you abiding? Are you remaining in the truth that God's shown you? Because if you remain in that truth, you will walk in freedom. Amen. So that's abide, such a powerful truth. Let's go on to the next slide. In 1 John 2 verse 24, I love this, this little verse. It says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. Remain in you. Folks, some of you are stinking rich. You are zillionaires in terms of the amount of word, the amount of prophetic words and anointings you've received in you. If you had to bring, like before God, I mean, you have piles of words and prophetic words and promises and scriptures and everything. You are rich. Amen. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, John says, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. Folks, 
abiding, you can't separate God's word from God. Some people say, oh God, where are you? God, oh, I'm feeling so far from you. Some of you, it's abide in the word. There's anointing in that word. Abide in the word. God said you're a God chaser. You have a heart like David. A man after God's own heart. A woman after God's own. That is who you. You abide in that word. Wow, God is yeah. And you worship. I have a worshiping heart. I was created to worship God and glorify Him all my days. You live in that word. Wow, God's presence is amazing. Suddenly you want to just sing songs about His presence, etc. This word and Him and God is one. You you can't separate this scripture john says if you abide in the word look what he says you will abide in the son and in the father you know that the the, the the scripture amu read jenny emphasizes abiding is intimacy with jesus you know intimacy is a word we use in the closest relationships that humans can have it intimacy literally refers to the, the closest, warmest, most open, most trusting, most honest relationship that you can have on this planet. That's where we use the word intimacy. And, and in the Passion Bible, Eugene Peterson says, that's the kind of relationship, that's what abiding is. It's that closeness that God wants you to walk with Him. It's not for special people. It's not just because Amway has a beautiful voice. That she can quote scriptures like that and, you know, okay, she walks in to me to God. But, you know, my voice is like, I sing like a frog, okay? Maybe you think frogs sing nicely, okay? But it's got nothing to do with that. This is a promise to all believers, amen? The call to intimacy. When, when Amu read that, it was something in my spirit. When she reads those words about intimacy, I was like, that's it, that's it, that's it, amen? So this is, so God wants you to live abiding in the Son, Amen. I want to remind you, there are some words that are going to unlock your intimacy with God. Amen? Remain in that place. So I'm just, I'm just reinforcing this abiding. This week, for some of you, you're going to get new words from God. New That's awesome. For some of you, God's going to remind you of some words that you got two years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. And it's going to unlock an abiding, an intimacy, a closeness in your walk with God. Amen? Okay. And I just want to read, um, this was an email I got. This was in the email about the, the, the campus conference that's coming up now in August. And all the students were like, yeah, okay. As a global family of churches, we've agreed that in 2022, we'll focus on the power and the beauty of God's word. Our objective as every nation will remain to place a high premium on the power, truthfulness, and benefit of scripture. God reveals himself to us through His Word, by which He transforms and empowers us. In 2022, we're calling everyone to renewed commitment to read, understand, believe, and obey God's Word. Amen. I want to share with you a prophetic scripture. It's from Isaiah, Isaiah 2. And this verse, you know, I read this word this week, and it was one of those words like, oh God, I needed to be reminded of the big picture. The big picture is the reality that we're on earth for a short space of time, amen, and then eternity is going to be a long time, amen, just remember the context, and that what's happening on this earth very often is big to us right now, but in the grand scheme of things, it's small, and that God has a grand plan for this planet, and it's much bigger than what, what's going on, on, on the earth, in the news, etc. This verse, it says, 
in Isaiah 2 verse 2 to 3. It shall come to pass in the latter days. Now we believe we're living in the latter days. That the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. And it shall be lifted up above the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that He may teach us His ways, and that we may walk in His paths. That we may walk in His paths. We're talking about abiding and aligning. Folks, aligning is walking in a straight line. That we may walk in His paths. Ultimately, God's design is that everybody align. Not just these people, church in Peter Maritzburg for the next three days. Now we're doing aligning. Walking in God's paths is, is, is the destiny for all the nations. That all nations would walk in His paths. Amen. But it's just such a beautiful picture. Um, a prophetic picture. You know, there's the, the verses about the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. This is another metaphor of what God's doing in the earth. Da Daniel had these prophecies about these visions, dreams of these statues, etc. You know, and this is a picture of a mountain and it speaks about the house of God, the church of God, you and I, where Jesus is ruling and reigning and supreme, where people are surrendered to God, serving Him wholeheartedly, walking in freedom and liberty. Amen. This space, the mountain of God, it's, it's, uh, scriptures also speaks about Mount Zion, which refers to the church, or the heavenly Jerusalem, Jerusalem, etc., the body of Christ, etc. This is what it's talking. But folks, what I love about it, it's not just about everybody coming to the house of God, you know, kind of lock the door, keep the evil world out, you know, let's just hang on until he takes us out of here. This is a picture of all the nations coming to the house of God to worship God. Everybody's coming. This is the big picture. Amen. You see a lot of stuff in the world is like, oh my goodness, look at all these, oh, these people, they irritate me, okay? Will you just come to the house of God and sort out your life? This is the end destination, folks. And you know, sometimes the wheels need to fall off of people's lives. The wheels need to fall off in nations, etc. for people to realize we don't have it together. What we thought were the answers are not the answers. We don't know. And people will turn to God. The end of the day, folks, in good times and bad times, the kingdom of God advances. Amen. And sometimes it's in tough times, bad times, when the wheels are falling off the bus, when things are crumbling, etc., that people come to the house of God, surrender to Jesus, and get on His paths for their lives. Amen. This is a picture of the grand picture. The house of God, the church of Jesus Christ, folks, Jesus is coming for a glorious church. Amen. I, uh, the, the Bible speaks about a bride without spot or blemish. Amen. This is a beautiful picture of what God is talking about. I want to highlight, you know, what's so interesting about this verse. It highlights two tensions in here. It highlights, firstly, and we'll go on to the next slide, the call to the house of God, the call to God, the call to devotion to God, the call to worship Him, etc. The call, Isaiah highlights two aspects of the call of God. The call to come, to come to Him, to worship Him, be devoted to Him, hear from Him, submit to Him, and then to go. Because it talks about the nations. And there's this tension I want to highlight. It's just so beautiful. The tension between the call to come, to worship, to be devoted, etc. But then also the call to go. And, and this was from 
L215, I'm who knows it. Okay, it's one of those things that jump, leadership 215. It can also be described as a centripetal call, an inward call, and a centrifugal call, an outward call, e.g. a satellite. I'll explain it to you. So centripetal and centrifugal, those guys, remember when you did science, etc., and you learned all these terms, everything, your brain's doing, doing connections. Okay, some of you are not doing any connections. Okay, some of you weren't concentrating in science. Okay, but you don't have to say amen right now. Okay, um, but... Uh, the, the example is a satellite, and I got a little picture of a satellite. I did a little research. Do you know that around our Earth right now, there are over a thousand satellites orbiting our, our, our Earth? Uh, and they all orbit at different heights. They're low-level satellites, and then high-level satellites, and there's in-between, etc. The closer a satellite orbits to the Earth, the faster it must go, because the greater the gravitational pull of the Earth on that satellite, Okay, gravitational pull, that's what's keeping you sitting in your seat right now, okay? That pull is on the satellite, but the further you go away from the Earth, the less that, that force is. So the closer the, Earth, the, the, the satellite orbits to the Earth, the faster it must go, so it doesn't crash into the Earth, that it can keep on its, on its um, orbit around the Earth. Now what's interesting, the centripetal and centrifugal forces, those refer to the pull forces that pull it towards the earth that would make this, the satellite crash into the earth. And the, the centrifugal forces would be the force that would make it spinning out into space and disappear forever. Okay? There are forces that want to make it go that way. And when the satellite is perfectly on its orbit around the earth, those forces are in balance. The forces that pull it towards the earth and the forces that want it to spin out. And the key thing is actually the speed with which that thing is going. Interesting, folks, I found this fascinating. The International Space Station is a low-flying low satellite, so it, it must go really fast. So they, they said how fast it was, but this is how they explained it in the one article I was reading. They said, if we had to have a race between the International Space Station and somebody with a gun, okay, and the person that's going to run with a gun, he's going to shoot the gun, and we are going to time the speed with which that bullet goes to the other side of a soccer field. Okay, imagine we're standing on the edge of a soccer field. Okay, and we're going to say, ready, steady, go, and the space station is going to go, and you're going to shoot your gun. When the space station hits the end of the soccer field, your bullet from your gun would have gone about 10 meters across the soccer field. <laughs> That's how fast that space station is moving around the Earth, because it's a low-flying uh, low satellite. But it's such a beautiful picture, this, folks. It's a beautiful picture of the call inwards. We are called this week. We are coming. We're setting this hall aside. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 9 until our prayer meeting at 5.30. It's a call in. It's a call to intimacy. It's a call to come and consecrate yourself to God. You know, you know Holy Spirit, the word used to describe the Spirit of God is Holy. You know, holy means set apart. Means being set apart. It also means to be pure. We are coming, firstly, there's a call to be in. But from that place, there's a call to go out. Amen? Just like these forces on the satellite, the inward and the outward. There's a call to go to the nations. There's a call to reach out to your family, your friends, and your work colleagues. That call will never go away. Amen? 
And, and you see, even in the church, we always have these tensions. The prophet is always calling us, come, let's fast and pray some more and in, consecrate ourselves to God and, you know, just meet with God. The prophetic people just, oh, more intimacy. The evangelist says, guys, we've got to get out of here. Come on. The church mustn't have four walls. We need more doors. In the, let's get out into the streets. And that's coming. Basically, there's, there's, it's quite exciting. Headlines. There's a Maritzburg mission happening. Here we go. Uh, AE are doing a Maritzburg mission end of August and we actually have a team coming down from Joburg and every nation team coming here to be part of that and Tepo September was just talking to me, they've got 16 guys coming, they're going to be staying at AE and they're going to be specifically focusing their outreach on Scottsville, on campus, they want to get onto campus, AMU, uh, Scottsville, etc. So the call to go to the nations and the call to in. We need to balance this. This satellite needs to stay on its orbit to do its deal. It needs to hold in balance the tension to fly out into space and to crash into the earth. Okay, those are both dramatic ex examples. But folks, the call in to come to closeness with God, the call to go to the nations, to our family, friends, work colleagues, folks, it will always be in tension. There are some things, I love Steve Merrill says, Sometimes we have a problem to solve, and sometimes we have a tension to man manage. The tension to of intimacy, spend time with God all day, and the call to go to the nations, we'll always have to hold that intention. Amen. That's just how we roll. Alignment. On the next slide. I told you alignment simply means to be in the straight line. Okay? The top is a picture of a couple of circles in alignment. At the bottom, out of alignment. I have been surprised at just how spiritual this word alignment is. How biblical this word alignment is. I want to read from our flyer which was sent to you on Friday, uh, which One wrote, which you've all read and have been praying about. This is our prayer focus for this week. So thank you, One, for these lovely words. We are coming into a time where we will see the expression of God like never before in us as individuals, our church family, and the city. God is revealing Himself in us and through us. There is an urging for alignment in truth, in identity, and in healing. We're going to unpack some of that. Midya prayer and consecration will be a time of aligning our thoughts and perceptions with God's for ourselves, for our church family, and the city. Amen. So this is, this is the things we're going to pray into over these three days we're setting this time aside to. I want to just look a little bit more at alignment and what it looks like. So on the next slide, this came out of prayer. So there we go. All the medical people around us said, oh, Pastor, you're speaking my language now. I know exactly what that is. The non-medical people are like, oh, Pastor, I'm feeling like fainting right now, okay? I'm with you on that second score, okay? I'm not a, in medical field for reason. There's somebody's broken an arm. There's a picture of a broken bone. And in this diagram, they are showing the difference between at the top there, there's a bone that's out of alignment. Okay. Medical people said, I know what you're talking about. And at the bottom is a bone that's in alignment. Okay. And then as you know, if you break a bone in your arm or leg, wherever, what medical people do, doctors, nurses, etc., they will put a cast on why they need the bone to set, grow back in alignment. It's very important that that happens. Okay, so I've just put some notes. And this was, came from prayer on Thursday. Alignment in, align broken bones. Firstly, it takes time to heal. You know that if you have a cast on, it's about six weeks. 
Okay? And if you're a kid, that's the longest six weeks of your life. It feels like six years. Uh, ask me, <laughs> ask me about that. Oh my goodness, six weeks when you are six years old or nine years old is incredibly long. Okay? But folks, this is just so important. Remember, I read to you, alignment is important for healing. Folks, we go through life and we get wounded. We get physically, sometimes we break bones. But folks, we get wounded in our hearts. It happens more often than you and I would like to recognize. But we don't take time to heal. Now, sometimes it's amazing God heals physical things just like that. And sometimes He heals things in our soul just like that. But not all the time. It's one of the questions I have for God. Okay? Why, uh, why you have uh, this time thing? Okay? <laughs> why sometimes does it take six weeks to heal a bone? And why sometimes does it take six months or six years to heal something in, 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 in our souls that get impacted? The point is, folks, sometimes it needs time. Have you recognized that you've been wounded in your soul and you need time to heal? The key thing in the physical is alignment. Folks, if you've been wounded in your soul, you need to align with God's truth in that situation. And you need to remain, you need to abide in that truth until your soul has received healing. There's some places in my life where I've been wounded in my soul. Sometimes I'm surprised at how quickly I get over it. At other times I have lamented at how long I've taken to get over some things. It's a bit of a mystery how come... And Jen and I are also different. Some, I mean, a married couple in ministry together, we often experience similar things. Some things Jen over it, is over it in like a day or two. Other things, two months later, I'm still like, sure, Jen. The key point is this. We need to align with God's truth. And we need to remain there. We need to keep that cast on. Keep that bone aligned. Now, I can tell you, it must remain in a cast to keep it aligned. Personal story. Now, my mom's here again, and this is a family story. When my dad was six years old, five, six years old, he was in a very bad accident. An army truck rode over him, rode over his left leg, uh, and broke his leg so badly that the doctor actually wanted to amputate my dad's leg. My grandfather said to the doctor, you are not amputating my son's leg. Leg, fix it. Okay? Doctor said, yes, sir. My grandfather was quite a, quite a that kind of a guy. He was on the city council, etc. He was one of those guys you just said, yes, sir. Anyway, so they, they, they try to put the fragments of my dad's leg in a cast, etc. As weeks. And you won't believe what happened. After It was incredibly painful, the cast, etc. My dad was in a lot of pain was bleeding eventually they decided to open up and check and they found that it was the bones were not aligned it was not healing properly and the doctor took this very very difficult decision they had to re-break that that bone and reset it it was not setting properly can you imagine now if you're not a medical person right now you are freaking out you're saying <coughs> what's the time but folks I, if you just, if you just click, click again, I think I put there, okay, Stella, I'll tell you what Stella said there now, but at the bottom there it said clean pain versus dirty pain. 
Clean pain versus dirty pain. You know, folks, I'll use a simple analogy. If you cut yourself and you don't treat that, infection, uh, that cut, you don't disinfect it, cover it, it's a, you, you can get infection in it. The cat can get infected. And you can experience pain in that place for way longer than is necessary. Or you could disinfect that cut, cover it, treat it, keep the germs out, etc. But you know, and I know, that to clean that wound, to put disinfectant on, is going to be a pain. How many of you enjoy putting disinfectant on a wound? I don't like it. I'm like, no. In that moment, I want the dirty pain. What's the dirty pain? The dirty pain is weeks and weeks of having a festering wound over there that could go who knows where. I could lose my whole hand. So often we choose the dirty pain. We choose, oh, I live with it. You know, in, in the 19th century, during wartime, most soldiers didn't die from a gunshot wound. They died from the infection that they got because of the gunshot wound. Because they didn't understand germs and disinfectant and etc. And so, if you, got a, you wouldn't die now. You would die six weeks or six months from now because of infection. But we know about germs. We know about disinfectant. You should not be dying from a wound going septic in this day and age. If we will deal with clean pain, what does that look like? You know, we go through life, we wounded in our soul. We wounded in our soul and we think we're okay. You know, I'm a real soldier. I can go on. And you know, a little bit of bitterness never killed anybody. <laughs> you must be kidding. A little bit of bitterness has killed more people than you would imagine. It's a long, painful death. You could take six years or 60 years to die. But spiritually, you will die. A little bit of offense. It wasn't so bad, you know. It wasn't nice what they said, you know. And you know those sayings. I will forgive you, but I'll never forget. Have you heard that? They say, it sounds spiritual. God said, forgive. I'll forgive you. But I'll never forget. Well, you haven't understand the depth of godly forgiveness. Amen. I want to tell you, there are many Christians dying spiritually through dirty pain. Because they weren't, take the truth. Take God's truth. Forgive wholeheartedly. Release the person wholeheartedly. Take the disinfectant. It's painful. Repent of your stubborn, offended heart. Repent. Take the clean pain now. Don't die six years from now spiritually. Amen. Stella mentioned something. Now, she, Stella's actually a qualified occupational therapist. Okay, you can tell, you know, she sort of has that medical look about her. <laughs> no, she's, she's actually an artist. If you ask her, she's an artist. Okay. But Stella said this, that often with bones, um, a bone can break, say, the, the bone can break, and then to get it to set, you actually need to put traction on the limb. For example, a leg. And, and what they do, I know I had traction a couple of years ago. I actually broke my hip. I was in traction for 14 days where they, they put a boot on my leg and then I had to have it up on the bed and they put weights on and pulleys and they pulled it so that it could set in place. And traction is painful. It's more clean pain. You can be in pain for two weeks in hospital to make sure your hip set and walk again. Or you can say, forget it. I'm not doing two weeks of pain. 
I will live with pain for the rest of my life. Okay? Dirty pain. No, come on, guys. In the moment, it's easier to say, I don't want traction. It's less pain. But folks, let us do the God way. Let us align with God's plans. The next, next example I want to give you is wheel alignment. Okay? Now, those who have cars, hopefully you know about this. So that is a picture of two car wheels looking from the top, I would think, with an axle. Now, what a wheel alignment is, is getting those two wheels to face exactly in the same direction, not off course. So that's showing two wheels. One wheel's wanting to go left and one wheel's wanting to go right. They're out of alignment. Now, what are the consequences? Firstly, major wear on your wheels. The inside of those wheels, if the inside of your wheels are wearing, that means your wheel alignment's out and both wheels are facing outwards. If your wheel alignment's opposite, or you could say if this car's going this way, if this is forward, if your wheels are facing in, you have wear on the inside of your wheels means it's, it's, it's facing in. Every, they say every 10,000 Ks or six months, you should have your wheel alignment checked. Because it goes out, because we have potholes and speed bumps that knocks your wheel alignment. Okay? And firstly, <laughs> it's going to cost you. If you click there, it can be very costly and dangerous because a car that's wheel alignment out isn't easy to, to, to control. And so it's dangerous. You could have an accident. Plus, it's going to cost you lots on tires. Okay? And how many of you know tires are not cheap nowadays? Um, so you need to check your wheel alignment every 10,000 Ks or six months. How many of you thought, well, what's the spiritual application of this? What's the spiritual application? Are there people that you walk... I'm walking with a beautiful woman. I call my wife called Jenny. Folks, our life is beautiful when we're in alignment. But when we're pulling in opposite directions, you can hear the rubber scraping on the road, okay? The kids can hear it, okay? Particularly, it's like, oh, mom and dad, you know? Don't enjoy it. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, okay. I'm glad you think so. Uh, guys, you must pray for a spirit of deception in the house. <laughs> okay. But it's so important that, I mean... You know, Jesus would look at grain, he would look at soil, he would look at the weather, and he would draw spiritual principles. How many of you go for wheel alignment and you think, am I in line with the people in my life? Am I in line? For example, when I get invited to go minister to another church, you know, some people have this attitude, I'm going to go and I'm going to blow them away with some radical teaching that they've never heard that is just going to so impress them about how amazing I am. You know, my heart, if I get invited, I will speak to the pastor and I'll ask them, what has the Lord been speaking to you in the last couple of months? What have you been ministering about? What have been the themes you've been preaching on, etc.? Tell me. I want to come in align with what God is doing in that church. I want to add fuel to the fire of what God is doing in that church. If I come with something totally different, it'll be like, whoa, that was weird. I don't know what he was talking about, etc. I, I, I'm, I'm really careful to make sure that when I minister in another church, I'm in alignment with what God is doing over there. That I can add fuel to the fire of what God is doing. So many people just want to be different. and yeah, It's like, yes, 
But folks, when you're out of alignment, man, it's costly and it's dangerous. Okay, next point I want to bring example. And this also came on church uh, from prayer. Being a few degrees off course. Okay, there's I've got a picture of a compass. You know, if you want to go from here to Joburg and say you've, you, you're flying and you have a compass, it says you take your reading. Okay, we need to go. Okay, it's pretty much north. Okay, we're going, you know, north, northwest, so many degrees. You take your reading and you start flying. You don't look at your compass again. You could Joburg, as big as it is, very easily. You've got to take regular compass readings. Okay, now many of you don't fly, etc. But how many of you have used Google Maps? Now how many of you, you, you start Google Maps, you come into church, you're not sure where church is, you put Google Maps on. Okay, there we go. It says, okay, you look at Google Maps, okay, turn left. You turn left and you keep going and you switch your phone off and you don't look at your phone again. And you say, Google Maps said, turn left, I'll get to church. How many of you think you're going to get there? No, there are a number of corrections like you would go left there and right here and then left there. And this is Burkett Road, so you could go left and left and left and left again to get you, okay? It's a little hidden away road over here, okay? You've you got to make corrections along the way. To be in alignment means you need to... I mean, I said wheel alignment every six months. We're having mid-year prayer and consecration. We had being there. You think, man, I consecrated my life. I'm on track. I'm going, well, you need to align your ties every six months. How about realigning your life with God a little bit every six months? I can see some truth in that. Okay. I want to just conclude with three places we really want to apply this. Firstly... To align with Jesus on the next slide. Folks, as every nation, we endeavor to build churches that honor God. And we want to plant churches that are Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible. Christ-centered. Amen? The first alignment, the first north on your life is, am I following Jesus? Amen? If anybody tells you to follow anything else, anywhere else, you just tell him, Fat track Ferreira. Okay? And I, if you don't know what I was saying, I was praying in tongues nicely to tell them to take a hike. Okay. Okay. Folks, we follow Jesus. We're a Christ-centered church. We follow His Word. Amen? We follow Jesus. That's first and foremost. The next point I want to make is this. And this is a scripture from Philippians. And Paul writes this. And I want to say, I've spoken about being in alignment with your wife and significant people in your lives. But it's God's will that we as a local church walk in alignment. Biblical word is unity. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you would be joined together in perfect unity. Folks, perfect unity, that's a big word. With one heart, one passion, and united in one love, walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounding joy. Wow! How many of you say, okay, I see alignment in the Word. <laughs> it's there. I can't duck this one. God tells us to be aligned. Amen. He goes on to say some stuff that I was like, sure, Lord, this is, this is, this is a bit serious here. Verse 3. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let His mindset become your motivation. 
Folks, Jesus didn't go to the cross for himself. He had no sin. He went for you and I. Talk about selflessness. Folks, he died for you and me, not for himself. The ultimate example of selflessness. I mean, I was thinking about it a couple of years ago. I was chatting to somebody and they were talking to me about somebody else. And they said this, they said, you know, this person has been serving in that ministry for so many years. But I said to them, you know, it's time that they, that, that they establish their own ministry. They've served enough over there. You know, and, and when I heard it, it was like, wow, that's interesting advice. And I wish I'd said something because I, I, I thought, you know, I thought that doesn't sound right. You know, you read a scripture like this, you know, abandoned every display of selfishness. It's like, so you were telling that person to just think about themselves, you know, you number one, go do your... And I wish I'd said something. I mean, you know, hindsight is exact science. You know, years later, I look at how that turned out and I was like, well, that was a bit of a train smash over there. That was not biblical advice. They were given advice. I'm just saying, I don't think it was biblical. It was not in line with how God says the people of God are meant to, are meant to, to live. So the first thing we align to Christ, we need to align to one another. Perfect unity, the Bible describes it. And then I want to say this is so important for us. Align with our spiritual family on the next slide. Align with our spiritual family, every nation. So we're part of this worldwide family of churches, every nation, in over 80 nations now, over thousands of campuses, etc. And folks, we endeavor to align. For example, the prayer theme, Abide and Align, is what other churches are praying. Amen? For example, Amu is going to evangelism training now, end of August. Amen? And, end, sorry, end of July. Oh, the months are flying. And then we are doing, uh, with, with this team, end of August. They're coming here. And we're going to be doing with, with these guys from our Every Nation Church in Joburg. We endeavor to walk in alignment. There's blessing. You know, when you come in, in, for example, you know, if you're walking in line with what your boss is doing in the business, the vision that your boss has for work, if you're in line, you say, I'm going to support this vision of this business, developing this product, develop, you know, whatever, you come in line, there's blessing. The boss says, man, this person's pulling weight, etc. You will be surprised at how things open up. But if you come into that business and you keep on giving a side hustle and you taking some of the product from your business and selling it over there and using customers, your boss is going to say, whoa, I don't know if I can trust this person over here. Folks, alignment brings blessing. Alignment brings protection. If you look at Psalm 91, it speaks about coming under the shadow of the Almighty. Coming under, that's alignment. Amen? You're not like, I don't want under your shadow, God. You know? Well, you don't get protection if you step out of God's alignment. Folks, God has beautiful paths for us to walk on. He's calling us to align and to abide. And folks, you know the end result is this? That the house of God, prophetically Isaiah said, is the biggest mountain in the whole earth, and the nations will come to it. People, the, the, remember the scripture it says, they will see that you are my, my disciples by your love for one another, folks. It's beautiful. When people see it, it's beautiful. They want to be part. They want to worship in a house of God like that. Amen. So God, 
Lord, we just say yes to this, Lord, to this media consecration, this time of abiding and aligning. Lord, bring us back in alignment. Lord, some of us, our wheels are out of alignment, Lord. Bring us back, Lord. Some of us, we've been going with according to our GPS in this direction for a while. We haven't checked what the GPS is saying in a long time. Lord, bring us back on track, Lord. We want to walk in the paths that you have for us. In Jesus' name, Lord. Join us every Thursday for prayer from half past five to half past six. That happens at church, 154 Burkard Road, as well as on Zoom. If you would like any further information or would like to receive this link, please do contact us. Our details are below.